Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Thanks for tuning in to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. We've got an exciting episode today with Carly Thibault Dodonis, the new women's basketball coach at Fairfield. Coach, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to, to be on. So I, I want to start with this. I, I know you, you grew up here in Connecticut. What's it like having grown up in the state and now coming back and being able to be the, the head women's basketball coach at Fairfield? It's incredibly exciting and feels like a, such a small world. But, um, you know, growing up and going to high school, playing high school basketball here um, and, and, you know, kind of being recruited into college, it's, it's really exciting to be a part of such a um, – huge women's basketball state and in a state that supports women's basketball. Um, so I'm really honored to, to come back and now be a part of hopefully that excitement uh, surrounding women's basketball here. So I, I know you grew up here in the state that then went on to play at, at Monmouth there. At what point during your, your playing career did you decide that, that coaching was something that, that you were going to have an interest in? I, I know you come from a, a coaching family there, but when was it, you know, kind of during your playing career, did you think that, that coaching could be an option for you? Well, I think it had always kind of been in the back of my mind because I always, you know, grew up going to Connecticut Sun practices with my dad and helping out and rebounding and jumping in drills when they needed me. Um, And and so, but I think I really realized it once I realized that I was, you know, not going to grow much taller than about 5'5 and, um, you know, wasn't going to have a long, illustrious WNBA career. Uh, You know, I realized that that coaching is what I wanted to do long term. Um, I love being in the gym. I I wanted to to give back to a game that gave me so much. and and I felt obviously I'd, I'd been around it my whole life and got to see my dad who loved going to kind of quote unquote work every single day. Um, but it was just something that he loved. And and so I think it just kind of was a natural progression for me. And then as I was kind of finishing up my college career, I, I had reached out to some different programs um, about, you know, being a GA and just kind of worked out for me to, to transition into coaching to go to Florida State after I graduated. I know it's got to be tricky growing up in the shadows of a dad who coached. What were some of the, the biggest things you, you've taken away from his coaching that, that you've applied to yourself? And then maybe how are you different from your dad in some ways? Um, well, I, I'm really lucky, to be honest, to have um, such a good support system in my family. Um, and that one thing I've always admired about my dad is that he's coached pretty much at every level, whether it was college, CBA, MBA, WNBA. Um, but he's been a lifelong learner um, of the game. And so he used to come to my, you know, high school practices or AAU practices and have a notepad um, because he just never knew what he would what he would take from it. And so that's for me, um, you know, you, you you can never get too big to keep learning. And um, that's something that I'll always, always take um, with me as I go. Uh, and I guess the way I'm different is I, I just think college and pro coaching are very, very different styles. And I love, you know, the the aspect of getting to know 16, 17, 18 year old, um, girls and recruiting them as girls and then helping them, you know, when they, when they commit to your university, helping them grow up into young women. Um, I really love that process and enjoy the process of investing in them as people, um, equally as much as investing them in them as basketball players. But I really enjoy the process of helping them grow up, helping them figure out what they want to do, helping them mature, um, and just being a part, a huge part of their lives. 
I, I've got to ask as we, we look through, uh, I know you've been at a, a few stops in your coaching journey on your way to Fairfield. I, I know one stop that probably sticks out to a lot of people around here was, was when you were at Mississippi State and that, that game you had against UConn in the Final Four. What was it like being on, on the bench for a game like that? I, I feel like for, for, especially for a program like Mississippi State, they've been working for so long to, to get to a moment like that. It had to be pretty special. It was incredible, um, and I'm so thankful to Coach Schaefer for allowing me that opportunity and allowing me to be a part of that program. Um, in the moment, I, I don't know that I real. I mean, I knew it was awesome, and I knew it was cool and a big deal, but I, in the moment, you just continue to prepare, prepare to prepare for the next game, the next practice, the next shoot-around, um, and then you kind of look back on it, and you're like, holy cow, we did that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think you kind of look yeah. back on it more as you do in the moment, realize you know, what you're doing. Um, but it was, it was an, an incredibly special moment, uh, for the, for the, for the women, um, for us as a staff, um, and just a testament to, um, you know, it's a lot of hard work paying off. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, coach Schaefer there worked with coach Whalen at, at Minnesota. What have been some lessons you've taken away as an assistant at the, at these stops that, that you hope to apply now as a head coach? Well, the cool thing is, is I've worked for very different people and very different styles. And I think my takeaway kind of generally is that there's a lot of different ways to do this and a lot of different ways to be successful. Um, And I think the most successful way is to be really authentic and true to who you are um, and be consistent in in your identity. And so I've I've been able to kind of take things that have worked um, and make them my own and and how they are true to me. And so that will be something as I as I kind of start this tenure at Fairfield of just being true to myself, but also taking things like coach Schaefer was a phenomenal coach in building habits and creating accountability on the defensive end. Um, coach Whalen was, was an incredible um, person and relationship builder and made everybody on our staff feel valued. And so there's, there's, there's bits and pieces from each of them that I think were, um, were super, made us super successful in different ways. And so, those are things that I'll just kind of take and um, and kind of make it my own as I as I go into this process. What are you most looking forward to about moving a, a couple chairs down on the bench there and, and being able to run your own program here? I think it's just you know a matter of doing the things that that make you tick and, and allowing it to reflect me. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a competitor. I I love being in the gym. I'm I'm two feet in in anything that I do. And it's really exciting to be able to kind of create a program that fits me and reflects me um, as we go down this road. And so I get to play um, a style that I think that that I I know how to coach and I want to play. Um, and at the end of the day, the final decision uh, is on you. And that's that can be a good thing and that can also be a, a bad thing at times. But I'm excited to take on that challenge and that responsibility. What was it about Fairfield that, that got you interested when, when the opportunity came up to, to join the team here? Uh, well, I think initially, you know, I, I, I've known about Fairfield having lived in Connecticut, so I know it's a great area. Um, I know it's a place you can recruit to um, geographically just with being, you know, in Connecticut and New England and New York, close to New York City. Um, you can pull from Philly and, and D.C., but I also know, you know, having been at Minnesota, they had a, a really good Minnesota player on their roster last year in Rachel Hakes. And so I know you can pull from some of those Midwest areas um, because we are a unique um, institution. Um, I, I love the fact that it's high academic. Um, I think that fits me. I think you get really highly motivated student athletes because of that, um, that, that, you know, that carries over to, into every aspect of their life. Um, and then as I kind of went through the process, I just really enjoyed all the people that I met, um, how invested they were in women's basketball. And I think, um, you know, between 
Paul Schlickman and Zach Dayton, um, as well as the, the president, President Demick. Um, there's just they, they just are all in, fully invested, and, and want to help us win here. No, it, it, it's great to hear. In, in in one of your earlier answers, you were talking about you know as being a head coach. Now you get to play your style for for Fairfield fans out there. What can they expect out of a team that that you're the coach of in, in terms of style of play and what 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 the team will look like out there? Yeah, so our identity is going to be based on being really selfless. And so offensively, it looks like, you know, playing with pace, but moving the ball um, and and playing with a lot of space where we can move the ball and create for one another, whether that's, you know, some five out concepts some four out one in, but I really want to score um, in transition early. And I know every coach says that um, in in America when they take over a job. Um, But I think this, this team, especially this team from last year, there's, there's a lot of pieces to be able to do that. Um, They were a really good offensive team. They took care of the ball well, and I think it will, um, only bode well for them to, to increase the number of offensive possessions because of that. Um, and then defensively, that selfless piece kind of kind of stays in, in play as far as um, sacrificing for one another, just being being really disciplined, um, playing really connected with one another and, and the communication that goes with that. What, what's it like to, to step in here and take over a team that has some momentum coming off the, the NCAA tournament appearance? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's it's been unique in a lot of ways because, you know, not just here at Fairfield, but across the country, the transfer portal is a very real thing. Um, and so I think, you know, the first thing for us is just to try to keep as much of the group together as we can. Um, you know, I know when the when the you know retirement of Coach Frager, when the, when the season ended, a few of the players on the team went into the transfer portal. And so it's, um, you know, first order business is, like I said, try to keep this group together and see what we can do to run it back. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, immediately is, is to try and put those pieces back together. Um, but then I think, like I said, it's, it's really capitalizing on what they were, what made them successful. Um, and then just enhancing and and expanding in in ways that, um, will fit this team. I I think you mentioned something really interesting there and we're seeing it across college sports, not even just, you know, men's and women's basketball here. And and that is the transfer portal. How how tricky is it now to, to navigate from a coaching perspective, you know, not only recruiting, you know, looking at high school kids, but now looking at making sure you're you're keeping players that are on your roster and then having, you know, basically somewhat of a free agency type period out there in terms of looking at, at players who are looking to transfer from other colleges. Yeah, so it, the transfer portal right now is, I think, especially um, a bit of a perfect storm. And, and I'll kind of t- take a side note on that between um, you know, the extra COVID year, everybody got an extra year due to COVID um, to kind of play with. So everyone now gets basically five seasons for the next few years um, between, you know, some of the rosters, especially in women's basketball being bigger this past year because um, you're able to, to exceed your roster limits. Um, and so there's a lot of super seniors and then a lot of maybe younger players didn't play as much. So that that um, impacts it as well. And then they changed the one time transfer rule where you can transfer one time without having to redshirt. And so there's a lot of different factors that kind of all came to a head this year that I think we're seeing a, a rise in that. And so for me, you know, I, I'm really excited to be at a place like Fairfield that from all accounts and everybody that I've talked to, it's a place that, that student athletes love going to school first here. And so I think that really helps that they have a really positive experience, even outside of sport um, that helps you to, to retain and make it a really positive experience. Um, and then, so, yeah, it's on us to really retain um, and develop talent and then know that there's there's going to be times that you can do everything right and, and some, a player or a student athlete still may transfer. And so um, you just have to kind of be prepared for that and then, you know, do your work on the on the back end to to bring in people who continue to fit what, what you want to do in the culture that, that we have here at Fairfield. 
I, I always like asking coaches when they, they come on, on the podcast, and, and I know you, you know, getting to be an assistant at some SEC and, and then in the Big Ten, college basketball to me is always about the fans and, and the atmospheres. Where's been the toughest road environment you, you've been with a team? Um, well, I think when I was at Mississippi State, um, whenever we played at South Carolina, it was just bananas. Um, it was always a pretty big rivalry, and we uh, we we I mean that was just a really fun time. It was when we were really good, and South Carolina had Asia Wilson and some really really good players, and so I think they sold out. You know, I can't remember the exact number, but somewhere in the twelve thirteen thousand range when we played there. Um, and that was an incredible environment in the big 10. I was always tough to play at Iowa. That was another one of our rivals. And so, um, there's been some, been some fun battles over the years. That's for sure. What was it like getting to, to scout for Caitlin Clark, uh, the past couple of years? Well, um, I would, it, it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she's an incredible talent and, you know, it was, she's the type of player that you could have a, a hand in her face and she's still going to hit like a 38 foot, you know, long three point shot. So, um, it could be a bit infuriating, but she's, you know, it's really fun for the, the game of women's basketball right now that there's players like her um, that, that just, you know, draw in fans and increase um, increase viewership. I mean, in, in, in talking about her there, we, we saw what, what Creighton was able to do to that Iowa team. We've seen upsets at, at every level in the tournament of late. What do you think that says about the, the state of women's college basketball right now that you're really starting to see parity across the sport? It, that's exactly it. There is parity and um, it's, it's no longer that there's really given wins in whether it's in the tournament, whether it's within leagues, um, you know, the, the bottoms of all the leagues are getting better. And so there's not many, there's not many gimme games anymore, which is really um, excited for the level of competition. Um, and it's exciting for it to be at somewhere like Fairfield where they've had a lot of, a lot of sustained success, a lot of consistent success under the previous two coaches and coach Frager and coach Nolan. Um and so I think it's a it's a exciting step for us that we can now not only just try to win the tournament or win the MAC tournament and go to the NCAA tournament, um, but that you can compete, hopefully compete in those games now. Um, and that's a that's a, a big motivating factor for us. I'll get you here uh, out of here on, on this one. I know Fairfield's last game last year came against your your old coach there in, in Vic Schaefer at Texas. Has has he given you the, the scouting report yet on this team uh, so you know what to expect uh, of the returners? Well, I know that they gave them, you know, they, they hung with them for a, a good while. And so um, I, I haven't specifically talked to him about, about, you know, this roster and his scout, but you know, he's a, he's an incredible um, coach as far as his preparation. And so I know he, he knows them probably inside and out as, as well as, as we do, but um, yeah, that was fun to watch and watch them compete against each other. Yeah. Well, well, well coach, I, I really appreciate the time and best luck as you, you kick off year one at Fairfield. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.